we got green check marks. I think we're good. Hey, everyone. I'm here today with you at long. I'm Hi, David everyone. C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the broadcast podcast YouTube channel where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things. I talk to interesting people and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like, be sure to hit subscribe and let's get to it. Isn't that awesome? We have an intro. That is awesome. We have an intro reel now. I know. So, and, and, and I think that um, probably with a little bit of work, we'll probably be making it better. Um, I like you know, that you're, you're today, you're wearing the same shirt as your intro reel for those who are watching live. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and well, you know, yeah, because some people listen, but um, yeah, you know, like I'm dressing up for everyone here. I put on a shirt with a collar, like, you know, you I'm, trying to, I'm trying to look the part and we already got our first thumbs up. Thank you. That's very great. Much. Tell us what you, for those that are listening um, or watching right now live, tell us what you think of the intro reel. <laughs> we've, we've got um, just like a whole big list of stuff. And I know that some people are going to be tuning in today just because they want to hear my Indiana Jones adventure near death experience story, which is an exciting story. Um, and it, it all relates to something very exciting that happened in my life a couple of weeks ago. Uh, for the first time since the lockdowns, I, I left. I left New Brunswick. Oh my so God. Have you been out of the province since? No, March, not yet. I, I traveled to St. Andrews, that's in New Brunswick. And we live in New Brunswick in Canada. So I haven't traveled outside yet. But at the end of this month, I will be. I'm going to travel outside for the first time since the lockdown um, to Prince Edward Island for a week. And um, you know, I got my second vaccine, so I'm all good to go. Uh, still feeling the effects of the second vaccine, um, but hopefully I'll do okay today. And, and I mean, for those of you guys who are listening in different parts of the world, basically the rules about us moving from one province to another here are based upon your vac status. So it's like when I left to go to Quebec, uh, I would have had to isolate for 14 days at home, basically house arrest unless I had had at least one of the shots. So it's like, you know, without getting it, you're basically uh, like, you know, you have a lower degree of mobility and freedom basically. So um, I was so excited when I crossed the border into Quebec that I stopped and took a picture at the big sign. So this is like the big pylon in the middle of the highway that says, uh, welcome to Quebec. And I stopped and took, and I was, and I was still wearing the blue shirt. So you see, it was, I, I, you know, I'm well coordinated. What can I say? But uh, <laughs> there it is, you know, the big fleur de lis on the sign. It says, "Welcome to Quebec." And you and, look so happy, like you're like, uh, yeah. "Yes, this is my first trip." I know. Well, look, it was a beautiful blue sky, beautiful day. So it was a great, it was a great time. And I drove to Montreal, spent a couple of days there with a friend, and then we went together north of Montreal to this area called Mont Tremblant, which is famous for skiing. But it is a, it's a, it's a park, like it's a provincial park with the ski hill and they have this, you know, beautiful little like sort of Disney style village at the bottom of the ski hill beautiful. with shops and restaurants and everything. And, um, and so we were there, we, you know, ate out, you know, had some beers and stuff. 
and did some amazing hiking. So like, here's a, this is the best picture I could find where I, you can kind of see the altitude, but we, we hiked up to the top of the mountain, took a lot of great pictures and, um, and it was beautiful weather, a couple showers, but it was really just an amazing time away. Um, and, um, and then it all changed really drastically the day I tried to leave. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't wait to tell the story, but like, I remember you messaged me and you're like, hey, guess what happened to me? So <laughs> why don't you tell the story? So what is this near-death experience that you had? So, so here's what happened. Um, the day I was supposed to leave was the, it was a Thursday or? I think it was a Thursday, it was right? A Thursday, no, yeah. No, it was Wednesday because no, it, it was the day before Canada Day. So it was June 30th. And so I woke up bright and early and made a cup of coffee, packed up a bunch of my stuff, and I was heading down into the parking garage to bring my bags to the van, to my minivan. So I got all packed up and it was 7 a.m. because I was going to drive straight back home, which is total about 12 hours of driving, and wanted to get here, you know, to sleep here at home. So uh, packed everything up, got in the elevator, and we were on the third floor of a four-story hotel, which had two floors of parking underneath, um, you know, underground parking. And so the, the, we were on the bottom floor of parking, and it was called S2. So I get in the elevator, and I push the S2 button, and then it started to take me down, just like any other elevator ride you've ever Happy, had in your life. Yeah. And then when I got down where S1 was, I started to hear, like, bells like alarm bells ringing and things and i was like what's going on and then yeah. water started to come in through the ceiling of the elevator okay and then as my uh, the elevator parked itself into into the s2 lower level water started flooding in around the doors of the elevator oh my gosh and, and i was like oh my god what is going on and the water level just kept rising and my feet were wet and I picked up my suitcase and put it on the little rail that's along the side of the elevator wall. And the, the water kept rising and I was like, is this floor entirely underwater? Am I, is this it? Am I checking out? Am I, is, is this going to fill up the, beyond my neck? And well, you can just drown. Yeah. And so I was just sitting there and I was like, what am I going to do? Now is not the time to panic. And so I just thought, well, I have life insurance. You know, like, you know, that's taken care of, um, I, I, you know, and, and then when I started to process, I'm like, okay, well, what do we got to do? So I started pushing buttons on the elevator because the power was still on and everything. So I started, I pushed the button for the, the third floor again to try to get my, to get myself back up. I pushed the alarm button. I, um, when it was obvious that the water level wasn't rising anymore and it was on my thighs just below my pocket because my cell phone wasn't wet. And when I realized the water wasn't rising anymore, I kind of realized, well, I'm not going to drown. This is not an airtight box that I'm in. So if there was nine feet of water on this floor, I would already be up to my, you know, beyond in, in water. So, so I, uh, I wanted to then go for the emergency phone, but the emergency phone was underwater because it was in a little door that's down below the buttons. And I was like, what am I going to do? So opened up my cell phone and I had signal and uh, texted my friend who was still asleep. And then, oh, no. and then, um, then I realized I need to call 911. So I called yeah. 911 and um, explained my 
state and situation. And uh, they sent the firefighters. And after about 15 minutes, I heard banging. And so I'm like, okay, well, they're here somewhere. They're, they're hitting stuff. So every time I heard banging, I would bang back on the door to try to make as much noise as I could. Um, and then banging again, got closer. And what I later learned is that they had to actually go underwater in the stairwell because the stairwell was full because the fire door at the bottom of the staircase had held. So the stairwell was full of water. When they came down the stairs, they saw that the bottom floor was completely submerged. They thought I was completely underwater. One of the guys jumped in the water with a sledgehammer and bashed open the fire door. And then all the water from the stairwell that kind of was released. They came over to the elevator, saw that there was no way to get the door open. And so they went back to get the jaws of life machine to, to open up this elevator door. Yeah. And, um, and so, but then magically the door opened. So I was just standing in there. I heard banging. Then I heard more banging. Like, okay. The, the door oh my gosh. So, and I'm still three feet in water, right? So then I, I walked with my bags out around. There's a little uh, alcove kind of area. And then there was a fire door into the parking area. And I, it had a window. So I looked through the window and I could see it's flooded and it's the same water level. So I, I was able to open the door, had to push really hard, but I opened the door and I looked around and all the cars were underwater. And, you know, here's a, a glimpse of what a picture I took later when I went back. Um, and where is your where is your vehicle? My car is way further back beyond these. So you can't like for those listening, these are a bunch of passenger cars that are in water up to the windows. And so so I saw across the hallway, uh, across the parking area where the, the stairwell was and the fire door had been busted like it was like broken open. Um, and so I started heading that way. And that's when I ran into three firemen coming back down with that, with that machine. And they were like, how did you get out? And I said, well, the door so just big. opened. <laughs> and they were like, well, how did the door just, uh, uh, they're like, did you push a button or something? I said, well, I pushed buttons long ago, but it just opened. And then later the firemen explained to me that they have a special key where they can recall all the elevators to the main floor. They can turn off the elevators or they can cause all the doors to open apparently through the whole column of the elevator. And they tried to recall me and they tried to open the doors and the other doors did open, um, but mine didn't until later. And so um, after uh, they made me go see the paramedics, they put sticky things on my chest, they measured my heart and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and I went back to the room, took a, go, took a warm shower. And, Your friend is still uh, sleeping. Yes, and then I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, what am I going to do? And so, you know, had to call insurance and uh, deal with all that. Um, insurance company. So, yeah, said, what's going on with your minivan? Like, did, so, is it going to be written off? Like, did they have to inspect it? There were dozens of cars that were destroyed in this. And so we're in a small town. All the rental cars immediately were taken by other people. And so uh, the person with the insurance company said, look, uh, get to Montreal, which was like an hour away, fly back and rent a car when you get back home. So that's what I did. We actually hitched a ride with another traveler who was driving to Montreal and had room for our bags. And they dropped us off um, near the airport. And so um, my, my friend Sylvia that I was with her near her parents' house. So I was able to use her parents' laundry to, to wash my clothes, which because my bag got wet. So I was able to do laundry, repack my stuff, and then I caught, I got the last seat on the only flight available going from Montreal back to Moncton, uh, which wasn't cheap, as you can imagine. 
Oh. And um, but the insurance company is paying for it. And um, then you know I rented a car earlier about a week ago. They called me back and they said, "Look, we we got our inspection report. It took a day for the water to get out of the parking garage, and the um, the inspection report basically came back that there's like ten thousand dollars to repair a car that's worth like forty five hundred bucks. So it's a write off, and I'm going to get a check. They're buying the car off me." And uh, so now I have to go find a new vehicle. But, you know, the following Monday, the fire chief called me because uh, they're doing up reports and things. And the, the government building inspection department's going to be investigating it because, you know, that's not supposed to happen. So wait, David, like why, why did the flood happen in the first place? Like, was there a broken pipe? Like what, what the heck happened? So, so this was... Uh, a flash flood. So what happened was the mountain got 120 millimeters of rain in 90 minutes, which is about four inches of rain, I think, in about 90 minutes. And what happened was normally there's a series of roads and ditches and everything coming down the mountain. And um, what happened in this case is there's just so much water that some of these roads washed out. And so the water didn't flow down the ditches and everything it was supposed to. It started to come over land. And it basically came down where the hotel was and there was so much water, it got into the ventilation openings for the parking garage and just started pouring in. And it, there are drains in the garage. Like if you bring a snow covered car into the parking garage, the snow will melt, the water dribbles down into the drain kind of thing. But the drains didn't have the capacity to, to let all of this water go. And so basically the, the parking garage acted like a big catch basin and filled with water and like I said, dozens of cars were destroyed. It was crazy. It was totally an act of God, natural disaster kind of thing. And um, yeah, so. So what is, what's the moral of your story? What is the lesson there? Is, is it that, you know, insurance is so important because like in your situation, while you were in the elevator, I can't believe you even, like if I was in there with you, I would have been freaking out, but you had like a sense of calm and thinking, you know, I have life insurance. And if I get out of this, you know, I pay for my car insurance. So I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be looked after. So is that, yeah. is that the, the lesson learned here? Well, I, the lesson learned is that I think that number one, you never know what is going to be the thing that takes you out. So, I mean, People go skydiving and other people say, hey, that's dangerous. I went for a hike. I know, you just <laughs> went for a hike. Clearly marked hiking trails in a park where all kinds of people go, right? And this thing happened, right? So- Live your life to the fullest. You gotta live every day. You gotta, you gotta take advantage of the time you have and do things so that you don't have any regrets. I mean, um, I, and then as far as in the elevator, I mean, a part of me wanted to panic, but I very quickly realized, well, there'd be no utility in that. So I, I'm like, how am I going to get out? And so, you know, tried the button. Oh God, I, I can't believe the phone was underwater. It really makes you think like maybe they should make that phone a little higher in, in the event this happens again. Because if, if you're saying that this was a flash flood and this happened, I'm sure it's going to happen again and again. So there's got to be protocols now, like a contingency plan for them to kind of spend more money, invest more money to upgrade this hotel. Well, I don't know. Like 
the later the lady at the front desk said that all the security cameras from the parking garage had, had like stopped working in the middle oh my of the night. And and but instead of sending anyone to go look, what they did is they filled like, out a ticket. <laughs> so, um, so. Like it, they didn't clue in, like, hey, maybe we should check this out. Well, like, sure. I, I don't think this kind of thing was on anyone's mind as a possibility of something that could happen. So it's, you know, if you ever visit Quebec in a few years' time and all the emergency telephones are way up high, then, then you can, now you can send me an email and let me know that, you know, this experience has helped you out because something like that is going to happen. So, so then, I, you know, while I was here, when I got back home, of course, I rented a car and had that for the last couple of weeks. And then once the insurance company makes a decision to write off the car, the way my policy was written, I can only keep the car for seven days. So that's today. Today I have to return the car. So now I'm in the market for a car. But if anyone's been paying shortage. attention to what's been going on with these microchips and the manufacturers, there's a huge shortage of cars. So there's no new cars, which means people aren't turning in their used cars. And even the used car lots, like the prices are up, the selection is down. And so I've taken a look around the market, there's not a whole lot. And so what I've decided to do in the meantime is I'm just gonna buy another car similar to mine, like an old 2008 minivan or whatever, because I can get one for a couple thousand dollars and at least give myself time to get to some point where there's more availability of something to buy. Because like a couple of weeks ago, you were telling me that you were very interested in the Ford Maverick, but it's not even out in Canada yet. And it's like one of the yeah. cool hybrid cars. Well, you know, I, I've, I've been talking about this for a while that I wanted to get a newer vehicle. And so Ford just announced this new pickup truck, which is smaller than the Ranger. It's called the Maverick and it comes standard with a hybrid engine. And like the numbers, the size, everything, like it looks like the right Ooh, Yeah. Me, but it's a brand new thing. Production hasn't begun. I called the local dealer. They said if I made a deposit and ordered one, they can't guarantee that, it, that I'll have it for Christmas. Like, you know, there's just a lot of unknowns. And then this microchip shortage thing could affect that even more as well. So, you know, I think I'm going to go with the old minivan. My, my father-in-law runs an auto repair business and he was able to help me get one of this thing. So, I'm going to get that next week for the weekend. You know, if I have to go anywhere, I have my motorcycle. So, so, I'm so hey, for all those watching out there or listening, if you run a dealership or used car dealership, David needs a new car. So hit us up. <laughs> hit us up, especially if you're in New Brunswick in Canada. Yeah. Hit us up. Let us know. David needs a new car. There's a shortage of cars, shortage of everything in this, in this world we're living in today. So yeah, David needs our help. So let us know. So so that's the near-death experience. That's a, cra a crazy if you, story. If you like the story, please give me the thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up to this um, story. It, it, was, it was pretty exciting, uh, I have to say. Um, so we, we planned a celebration for the summer anyway. We started last week. Um, for those of you yeah. who are new, every year um around christmas time what i do is i do this special promotion called holiday chat where i offer to do one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with people at i think it's usually like uh 66 off the regular price so people pay for them it's a paid consulting call but the reason they get the discount is so i can record them and release them and what what i do is for the people who subscribe to my email list 
starting on Christmas Day through New Year's, every day I release another one of these calls. It's kind of the way that I can take a break over that period and people get to enjoy this discount and the people on the email list get to enjoy hearing these calls. Now, um, they remain private. They're just for the people on the email list until we get to summer. Last year, I released them during the, the big lockdown when everyone was stuck at home. But this year, we're releasing them on Fridays. So last yeah. Friday was the first one. Um, do, do you, uh, which one did we release on Friday? Do you remember? Um, it was just the first one. So there's going to be one released um, every Friday. And yeah, it's, we market this as uh, celebrating Christmas in July and August, like Christmas in the summer. Um, so yeah, we have another one that's being released um, tomorrow at 9 a.m. So make sure you hit up the channel and um, catch this like consulting that is live and recorded, right? So it's it's really beneficial for anyone who's interested to see what kind of consulting David does. Yeah, and, and what's great about these calls is that really we get all kinds of different types of individuals in a different scenario situation. And some, and I've gotten emails from people saying, wow, you know, I just listened to this one call and I'm in that exact same situation. It really resonated with me. So every Friday morning until Labor Day, there's going to be a new one released. And this goes onto the audio feed and onto the YouTube channel. So depending on how you enjoy the stuff that I put out, uh, look for that on Fridays. Um, hey, well, speaking of, you know, updates and the holidays and usually the like Christmas holidays, it's associated with gaining weight. You actually have an update because you're doing the opposite. You're losing weight. So tell everybody about your weight loss. Where are you well, at right now? It's funny because one of the one of the viewers who's live here, uh, Ron, says, who's <laughs> the skinny guy with the beard? It's it's me. I'm the skinny guy with the beard. So, um, so as you know, um, I made a big deal about the fact that I lost 50 pounds. Like I got down to 191. And basically what's been happening now since the end of May, so over the past six weeks or so, is I, I've really been bumping around that low 190s. So you know, this morning I weighed myself, I was 193. And what I'm working on now is I'm doing, you know, trying to make an extra effort to do a little bit more workout and stuff to try to tighten things up because I, I was left with quite a bit of loose skin around my midsection. And I'm taking collagen, which is what a pharmacist recommended to me to help the elasticity of my skin, like to help it contract. Uh, at first I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have to have like plastic surgery or something. But apparently a lot of people go through this when they lose a bunch of weight hey. and, and you just have to give your skin time and feed it the stuff it needs. So I'm taking this collagen uh, on top of my normal supplements and I'm, I'm noticing a difference. So things are tightening up a little bit. I'm kind of just you know, maintaining my weight here in the low 190s. Um, and um, and we're going to see how things go. But if I need to decide I'm going to lose a little more weight is we're talking like another five pounds. We're not, I mean, I'm pretty much in the zone of where I want it to be. Do you remember my suggestion to you of how to target that area is have a buddy hit you up for a pickup game like basketball or tennis? Like you and I, we should just go and do a tennis match and that motion, I guarantee you, after maybe two weeks' time, that midsection that you have issues with will all be nice and firm. But I find it interesting that you're taking collagen and you're you're targeting that area because, I mean, with age, Dave, you know, you're you're heading up there. 
which well, is part of aging where you lose that elasticity, me, right? Maybe the collagen will help me up here too, because I think that's the reason most people take it is for like wrinkles on their face. So it's, it's the same cure for multiple problems, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's, let's look that's at a couple of comments here. Well, first of all, um, let's talk about what we have coming up here soon, because um, I want to let people know that uh, we have um, a, a price change coming up on one of my programs. So the build Starting a business that people weekend. will want to buy. Yeah. Build a business that people will want to buy is you can find it at easysmallbizsystems.com. This is an, uh, a a program on how you create business systems within a business that's already functioning. And so I actually did this one live yesterday for a group that was organized by an economic development agency here in New Brunswick. So it was done over Zoom, had a whole bunch of people attend who are business owners. And, you know, one of them is probably going to engage with me to get some coaching as they go through the process. Um, if you own a business today, or if you are intending to buy one, or if you're intending to sell one in the next couple of years, doing this program and going through this material would be very helpful for you because what you'll end up with at the end of this program is an actual operations manual for a business with org charts and workflows and job descriptions and everything. And it's not just built around what is there today, but it's built in built into it is a plan for growth. So the whole thing is built with a view to a target. So what will our business look like in five years time when we have this certain sales target achieved? You, we build it all for that. Then you put in your current human resources. And now as the business grows, you're able to swap people's names out and stuff. Um, I've been doing this program now for years. Um, it's got a, like a money back guarantee like most of my programs. Never once has anyone ever asked for a refund like this. And and people who do it live, you know, a lot of them will hire me to coach them through the process. And we had a member of the Business Buyer Adventure Group coaching program by this program as well. And during the last call, he actually said, you know, this was a huge help to him um, when one of his consulting clients had a problem with organization and systems. David, like what is the unfortunate situation in most cases is where like small business owners, there's a life event, either, you know, they're, they're getting sick or there's a dissolve in their marriage or, um, you know, they're retiring and then they're thinking about maybe um, doing something with their business so that it can sell better. But some sometimes they don't even know. They don't even know what to do. So you know, with that situation and how people wait so long, you're saying like for small business owners to get on it now while they're healthy, while everything is still intact before retirement to try to figure out what can help their business grow and sell with a higher um, price, right? Well, well, there's a, there's a couple of things that you, that what you just said kind of lead into is, is number one, um, when somebody goes to buy a business, the price is usually determined by the cash flow. But then the second question that buyers ask is, will this continue under my stewardship? Can I run the business the way the seller is running it? And if they can see a clearly laid out series of, of instructions and systems and everything, it's easier for the buyer to agree that, yeah, I can carry on like this. Second thing is that when you implement these systems and processes, you end up with a business that's easier to run. And, and oftentimes you can identify places where you're having problems that you might not be able to see today. So 
when I created the system originally, it was back when I had my business brokerage office and I would take customers that were completely disorganized in their business through this process. And what was happening for some of them is that they would get partway through the process and then withdraw their business from sale because they would start to actually enjoy having a business that they imagined they would have because they started to get things in place to allow them to do things like crazy things like go home at five o'clock or take a vacation or not answer the phone on the weekend. Right. And, and, and I like to say that every business has systems. It's just that most of these systems are in the heads of the owners and we need to get them down on paper so that other people can, can do this. There are all kinds of stories out there of people who have put the effort into properly organizing their business and then they've gotten some terrible illness which has basically benched them for months but because they were organized they were actually able to keep the business functioning without being there full time and you know if you're properly organized it creates other opportunities for sellers like when you get to retirement maybe you don't need to sell it maybe with the proper systems in place you can manage it with other people doing almost everything with just 10, 20 hours of work every week, you can actually keep the money generating asset while you're enjoying, you know, spending time in a you know, warm climate or what have you. And you've got everything in place, like key performance indicators and stuff so you can manage what's going on. So here's what we're doing. So I don't do price discounts typically. Um, so for this weekend, at the end of the weekend, we're gonna be increasing the price of this program. So it's a lower investment if you do today. But what I'm going to do until the end of this weekend is I'm going to include a bonus that I typically only give to people that do my exit planning program, which is the Bennett Brook tapes. The Bennett Brook tapes is a um, there's a there's a video available on my YouTube channel called Adam P sells a family business right. where I interviewed Adam about how I helped him sell his business. Now, in the Bennett Brook tapes. I break down every step of that sale transaction and give further insight into what happened, why, what the advantages were, but you know, why we did certain things in, in certain ways. And I do it while I'm going on a hike down the Bennetbrook trail. And I took a bunch of pictures. I even saw a snake and I put, included all that stuff um, in a PDF document. So uh, people who've gone, who've done Bennetbrook tapes, who've listened to it will often tell me that they feel like they went on the hike with me and uh, all the pictures are there too. But it, it's, it's really a valuable insight into what kind of actual journey someone will go through when it comes time to exiting. And so, like I said, if you're a business owner um, or you plan to be one day, then the, the systems course is for you. You can find it at easysmallbizbizsystems.com. That's awesome. Yeah. So we have, we have a bunch more comments here. Um, I guess people are are understanding just you know the gravity of the elevator situation so maria says this is really scary i'm like yeah of course it is it's, it was exciting though it was exhilarating like the i don't think most people you know, would have like, acted the way you acted dave like i said if i was in the elevator with you and i saw literally water just coming down everywhere I would have been losing my mind but also at the same time like we need to call 911 we need to call 911 but like you, like I have my affairs in order. I have life insurance. So, you know, I wouldn't worry about my family, but I'd be, be like, okay, we have to get out of here. 
Unreal. Maria also thinks that blue is my color, so I guess it is my shirt. And uh, Eric thinks that it's very efficient to always, you know, wear the same shirt. Maybe I'll just go buy five of these blue shirts. That would be exactly. extremely. <laughs> no, um, I think you need better clothes. I think you need more clothes. Maybe that's coming up for you. Yeah, foreshadowing. We're working on that. Yeah. Um, Ron, with respect to the chip shortage, says he can't find a replacement service truck. There's a big shortage of them. Yeah, I mean, there's a a uh, commercial equipment, uh, commercial truck vehicle dealer near me, and their lot's empty too. Like, I mean, all the stuff is being sold. Um, and he says, you know, order an all-electric Chevy and get the subsidy. So, um, so this is something that I'm interested in because, you know, there's the two levels of government here each have a subsidy now for EVs. That Maverick hybrid won't qualify because it's not a plug-in hybrid or a full electric vehicle. Um, I'm interested in electric vehicles. So we're going to see how long this, you know, sort of interim minivan carries me because what I suspect, I mean, Ford just released the F-150 Lightning, which is full electric. So I'm expecting that the Ranger and Maverick probably going to have an electric version soon. <clears throat> so if that's the case, maybe I'll wait a year and get an electric one and take advantage of uh, like a government rebate. Yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, our friend Kevin in Central Florida is here today. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Good to see you. And um, Roxanne Reed is is laughing at my misfortune. Oh, no. Yeah, she's not. Good and give us some you. thumbs up if you like what you're seeing and hearing. Thumbs yeah, up or thumbs comment up, right to us. Yes. So, I mean, that's, that's basically That's pretty much on. about it. So yeah. our next live stream is um, September 2nd. So we hope that we'll have more updates. Maybe David will have an electric car. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But um, anyway, it was good to do this today. It was good to see everyone who was able to join us live. And um, yesterday's video that was released about return on investment lies is getting a lot of questions and chatter. So if there's a lot of feedback on that one, uh, there might be a part two coming. So, you know, watch the video that I released everyone uh, yesterday, everyone. And uh, if you have questions or comments, put them in there um, because there's Read every single comment. There's a couple of very good questions that are worth me talking about. So it, it, a part two video is probably on the way. Awesome. All right, guys. All right. We'll see you later. And, uh, oh, we have an exit video too. So okay. see ya. Bye. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me, learn how I work with my clients, you can learn about my books, courses that I prepared for you. You can also find out all about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest.